Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Crace and Chris coming in. <laughs> I saw him rushing to get in in time. Sorry. Welcome to our double header today. We have a part two, part one, kind of with Jexit, is segueing really well into part two here. We have Rabbi Jonathan Khan back with us for part two of this incredible book that he has recently released called Return of the Gods. And I'm going to play the trailer for you in just a minute here because we're going to open up in prayer. Here it is. I'm going to show it to you. This is the book, Return of the Gods by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And we are going to uh, dive deeper. We're going to do a deeper dive into this and things we see happening today and how it's connected. So let's open up in prayer. Hello to everybody joining in our moderators and our Ark of Grace team. Hello and blessings to you. Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. We love you. Baruch Hashem. One of the only Jewish phrases I know. Well, I know a little bit of Hebrew, but one of them that I say a lot is Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe. And so happy Hanukkah once again to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. We love you. We are praying for you. We bless you in the name of uh, our Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ, but your Lord Adonai, uh, our God, mighty God. So let's open up in prayer and we will we will bring Rabbi on very shortly here. I'm very excited for this, by the way, because we're doing a deeper dive into this. In part one, I was just like, I learned so much. So we're looking very forward here to part two, aren't we? Yes. Okay, let's pray. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you, Lord. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Father, do your name. Father, we humble ourselves before you this day, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. Lord, we acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins, Father God. He willingly came to the earth to die. He died at Calvary. He purchased us by the shedding of his blood. And after he was buried, he rose again in three days, ascended back into heaven and took his rightful victorious place at the right hand of the Father where he rules and reigns forevermore. And Father, we just praise you, Lord, this day that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Father God, and we honor that sacrifice before you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence, Father God, and the pr presence of the Holy Spirit, Father God, the Ruach HaKadosh, to fill this place, Father God, to fill this interview, Lord, in Jesus' name, to lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. Father, we pray by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God. May only the truth and power of almighty God with authority come forth, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter, we are merely the clay, and you are the author and finisher of our faith. Without your breath of life in us, Father God, we don't have life, Lord, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Do your mighty, mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Oh, I felt that. Praise God. I felt that. I could I could actually feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know he's known as Ruach Elohim in the Old Testament. It is Ruach HaKadosh in the New Testament. But I could feel him entering the room as we were praying. So praise the Lord for that. Um, I'm going to play this incredible trailer for you. 
and of Return of the Gods because it is very compelling. It is very thought-provoking. And so let's get it up here. And after the trailer ends, Jonathan Kahn will be joining us. So here, let's get this ready for everybody. Is it possible that behind the events, moments and changes that are transforming America and the world and affecting our lives is a mystery? Could this mystery go back to ancient times, to the incense offerings of ancient Rome, the processions of ancient Babylon, the tablets of ancient Assyria, and ceremonies of ancient Sumer? In his most explosive book ever, Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking and astounding secrets. The Return of the Gods by New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn is so astonishing and revealing that no description here can possibly do it justice. Could there be more to the news and what's happening in the world than you see with your eyes? The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn will take you into an entirely new realm of mystery. You will be taken on a journey from the temples of ancient Mesopotamia to the halls of the American government to uncover the mystery of the gods. Who are the gods? What exactly are they? And is it possible that these ancient entities have returned to the modern world and specifically America? And are they right now transforming our culture, our lives, our children, America, and the world? Did this mystery even determine the rulings of the Supreme Court and the exact dates they were handed down as their ancient sign appeared all over America and the world? Did an ancient God actually manifest on the streets of New York City? What is the Dark Trinity? Who was the possessor? the Enchantress, the Destroyer, and the Transformer. Where is all this heading? What does it have to do with you? And what do you need to know in view of what's coming? Prepare to be blown away as you open Jonathan Kahn's most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, from Frontline, available online and wherever books are sold. That was amazing. I played the first time I played it. I thought it was amazing. I still think it's amazing. And let's bring on right now, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Hello. Hey, hey guys. Great to be with you again. We're so happy to have you back. Um, we wanted to make sure to share with everybody where they can go to get this book. And it's booksbyjonathancon.com. You can go to get Return of the Gods. We offered it last time and we'll offer it again. If you want a copy of this book and you think you might be having some trouble a trouble affording it, email us at hello at arcofgrace-ministries.com and we will buy your copy for you and send it to you. Wow. Awesome. Okay? Awesome. Awesome, Wonderful. guys. Yeah. And okay. it and it's and it's everywhere as well. So, but you know, you can mm -hmm. get it anywhere. Um, but yeah, books by John Con, but that's wonderful. You're the first one who ever said did something like that, but you're a very special ministry. We love to equip people. It's about yeah. equipping, right? We have yeah. to, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down and destruction of strongholds. And these expose this book and your series of books, the, the nature of the spiritual realm, the inner workings of it and the kingdom of darkness and how it's at work today. So we, and last time we went over um, the different gods and we went over um, how they were at work and kind of you laid the groundwork of their history and things like that. So now we get into part two of the interview. And so we're going to set the stage here by asking you, what is the mystery of the spirits and what was the link to spirit? to spiritual possession and the gods and pagan civilization. Yeah, it's important to know that to understand what's happening now. And that is that the Bible is very clear. The Bible says that that behind the gods of the ancient world, 
that there were something in Hebrew called the Shedim. And the Shedim means spirits or entities uh, with mm -hmm. will, with consciousness, with volition. Um, and it's mentioned in, in Deuteronomy. It's mentioned in Psalm 106. The Hebrew word is Shedim. These are not just, not just fictional things. There's something real behind them. And then when it got translated into Greek and went into the New Testament, the word that was chosen for Shadim was daimonia. We get the word demonic from it or demon from it. And so when Paul says that when the pagans are worshiping these idols and gods, they're actually worshiping the daimonia. They're actually worshiping spirits. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in some of the old Bibles, King James, it'll say, or the very old King James, it'll say the devils. But this is daimonia or Shadim. There are entities, spirits. So then... What that needs to them, that leads to the next part, and that is that in the ancient world, if they're given to the gods, which is all, all over the world, yes. then they were given to the spirits. If they're given to the spirits, these are possessed cultures. When you look at pagan culture, you see the same signs of possession that the Bible says when it talks about individuals. And the closer you got to the gods, like if you're a high priest or an oracle, the yes. more signs of possession, shaking, convulsion, foaming, babbling, mm. all that. And, you know, the famous oracle of Delphi was someone who was shaking and that she'd speak in a bow. She said she's possessed by the God. She's actually possessed by a spirit. So they think you have all that. And then what happens is Jesus happens. He comes That's in right. to the world, comes, yes, sends the gospel, sends mm -hmm. the, the word of God into the world. And it go, for the first time in power, the word of God's going into the pagan world, to the gods, you know, to the spirits. That's why when you read the book of Acts, you see a clash. You know, you see this possessed woman following mm -hmm. Paul. He casts out the spirit and then the whole city goes in an uproar. Then you have another city where they try to kill the disciples because they think they're threatening their goddess, Artemis. And then you have yeah, the first Artemis, Christians yeah. being thrown to the lions because they were said, because they said, all you have to do is just bow down, worship our God. They said, no, thrown to the lions. But in the end, the gospel prevailed. In the end, the power of God drove out the gods. And so, but if behind the gods were spirits, what it means is actually what happened was this was a mass exorcism. This was the power of God exercising an entire civilization, the Roman Empire. And everywhere the gospel prevailed, that's what happens. So the gods disappeared, it's exorcised. And that's why Western civilization is unique because it was exorcised. But then to set the stage, the last part of the stage is yeah. that. Jesus gave a warning. He gave a parable. And the parable is the parable of the spirits. He said, if a spirit leaves a man, it goes looking for yes. a, a mm -hmm. place to, to dwell, doesn't find a dry it. Place. Okay. It goes for the dry places looking for yeah. rep. Right, yeah. Dry right mm -hmm. places. Interesting. Then I'm going to says, I'm going to go back to my house. Now he's talking mm -hmm. about the guy. He's calling the guy a house because they inhabit people. So he says, yes. I'm going back to the house, goes back to the house, the guy finds the house empty. Um, swept clean and says, go, goes back, gets his friends, gets seven other demonic spirits. The, the mm -hmm. Lord says more evil than the first. They go back, they repossess the man or the house. And so the Lord says the last state is worse than the first. So the mm -hmm. thing is now people take this as it's just talking about a guy, but at the end in, in the gospel of Matthew, it says, so it shall be with this generation, entire mm -hmm. generation. So now we're talking about something very big. And the thing is that that the ultimate warning of this is this for any nation, any civilization, any culture that has been delivered of these things, these this paganism, this these spirits, these gods, if it ever turns away from God, if it ever yeah. starts emptying its house, 
of God, then the spirits that were cast out, same ones, are coming back to the house. They're coming back to the culture, back mm. to the civilization. The gods will return. And when they return, they're coming back to repossess it. And when they come back, they're coming back worse than before. You know, in other words, yeah. what's coming is going to be worse than what was in paganism. Well, this warning mm -hmm. is to America. This warning is to the West. And it's happening. And if you want to, you want to understand what's been happening for the last half century or so in America, we are experiencing a repossession, a case of repossession. The ancient pagan spirits are inhabiting our culture yes. and they are paganizing. Their aim is to take a Christian culture and turn it into a yes. pagan one. That's right. Now, one of the keys you give in the book to unlocking this mystery is called the House of Spirits. Yeah, that well, that is that parable. That was okay. Yeah. That was that parable. Yeah, I was trying to go. Okay. I was trying to go quick to get there. That's okay. Yes. I just want to make sure that was the right one. Yes. I, I know that that parable well, and I want to go back to the, the the woman or the young girl that was going behind Paul, saying that these are the you know these are the messengers yeah. or the disciples or the or the men of the Most High God. When she was saying this, it, it, you know, I've heard many times, and I go by this also: right words, wrong breath. So the words may have been right. They were mm. servants of the most high God, but the breath where it was coming from was wrong. It was coming from the demonic realm. And we have to be so careful sometimes because sometimes even in this culture, it'll be right words, wrong breath. Yeah. And we have in to fact, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by doing, I mean, cause you think everybody who is, who knows this woman they know she's she, she's possessed by the yep. gods or the spirits. Mm -hmm. I mean, so mm -hmm. here she's saying, "Hey, these guys are with me. I'm 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 giving my blessing on them." So already it's confusing everything. It's confusing light and darkness, you know. And so that's exactly what the darkness does. Now, when you think about it, what would what would dark spirits do? I mean, more than anything, they would seek to take the worship, confuse the worship of God take the worship of God to themselves. That's why they appear as all these gods, because that's exactly what they would do. Their father is the enemy, and that's what he does. So that is exactly it. And so you have this conflict completely. And in fact, I don't know if I shared it when we spoke last time, but you know, the, the height of pagan paganism, the, the, the most exalted person was the Oracle of Delphi. And they would yes. go to this woman, emperors would go to her, kings would go to her to get the divine counsel. They go to her, the woman would shake and quake and babble and foam and speak. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that, interestingly, is that as the gospel started spreading through the Roman Empire, the, yeah. the oracles started reporting, we are not, we can't get prophecies anymore. We're being cut off. We're being cut off. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why they persecuted the Christians, because they said we're getting cut off. And in fact, the greatest persecution of Christians in ancient in, in Roman Empire, which is Diocletian, happened because the oracle, one of the oracles said, go for it, you know, persecute these people. And, and so this is a real spiritual warfare. And in the final end, when the gospel prevailed, you know, the 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 there was a emperor named Julian who called the apostate who tried to get things yeah. back to paganism from Christianity. And so he she sent he sent to the Oracle of Delphi, and the Oracle responded, her last words that we know of says, I, there's nothing more. I can't do anything. All the prophecies have dried up. And it was the gospel driving out the spirits. That, and so, I mean, that shows how real this is. It, it exercised our culture. 
our culture is a, was a formerly possessed culture that got exercised and now has turned back. You know, interestingly enough, the, the gospel and the word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? So what does the sword do? It drives out in the realm of the spirit. That, that's what a sword does in general too, in the natural. A sword will engage and drive out. So basically that's in the realm of the spirit. That's what was going on when these places were being exercised. They were literally, their territory was being taken away from them. These demonic forces and claim for God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is, you know, and interesting because what, what it was, it was, it was an exorcism of the spirits and it was an impartation of God's spirit because mm -hmm. God's spirit drives out the okay. others. But when you say this, now we're seeing the opposite. What's happened in America and much of the West was an exorcism of God's spirit. In other mm. words, the culture yeah. was exercising God out of everything, out of the schools, out of the culture, out of the public square. And when you do that, you're reversing what happened. So you're driving God out. And then Jesus warns, well, this house is not going to stay empty. The house never stays empty. So mm. if you drive this out, then what was driven out back then is coming back in. They said, oh, we've got, we've got, we've got an open door. And, you know, interesting because, you know, when you look at like that very first step, it's the early 60s, we say we'll take prayer out of out of the school. You know, that was people. the gate. Yeah, that was the gate little, that opened everything else up. When you imagine that back then, now it's hard to even remember that America was once a nation where all across the land in its public schools, the teachers yeah. were leading the children in the Lord's Prayer. I mean, the all the children of America were being led in that, you know. And so what happened is they, they said, OK, let's take that out. Little thing. Out. Once you now look, we took that we took prayer out. We took the word out from the children from the school. Look now what has come into the schools. Look what has come into the children. You see, that's what happens. That's what the warning is. The Bible warned us 2,000 years ago. If we had known this, if we had, at the time, and most of us, we either weren't alive or we were too young to know it. But if we knew it, we could have said, this right now, what's happening right now in America is exactly what will happen. Exactly. Now, let me ask you something. There's something called the animal men. Yes. in your book what is this what is the rise of the animal of men and what is this and what is it what what happens when this happens yeah the fact well the fascinating thing is that all these things that left with paganism are coming back and they're coming back in disguise when we don't we don't even realize it you know the mm -hmm. the, the one the first of the dark trinity that i speak about in the return of yes. God is, is the possessor yes and this is this is the one we know as baal or baal he's mm -hmm. the one who turns a nation again away from god he's the one who causes a nation mm -hmm. to forget god he's the one who causes a nation to overturn the ways of god strike down the mm -hmm. ten commandments well it's all happening in america just it as is. we open the door from the 60s on it's been happening he's like that first spirit that comes back to the house and says okay i'm gonna get my friends but he's the that's the first one it happened with ancient israel it's happening in america so all so he's paganizing america so one of the things, when you look at ancient culture, pagan culture, you see that the, the line dividing man from animal is all blurred, is all broken. When you look at those ancient, you know, those ancient pagan pictures, the, the clay, all these gods are like part animal, part Day human. God. You know, they're, they're, they're just because they're, all the distinctions of God are gone. So the thing is, now they did this with clay. So now here we are, high tech. And yet we are becoming paganized. We are now doing it through merging the genetic code. We are literally 
breaking the bar the bar the the barrier between man and animal we are joining animal to man man to animal in a way the pagans could only dream about we're actually doing it so all these pagan things like like for example you know in a pagan in a in a in a monotheism culture there is one god one truth yes. in a pagan culture many gods many truths so you notice what's happened to america like when i was growing up there's one truth one nation under god but now you have all this thing about well that's your truth that's my truth you know, truth is subjective. There's no truth. So if a man says he's a, he's a cat or a woman, well, then that's his authentic truth. If a woman says I'm a tree, then that's her authentic truth. Now it's lunacy, but that's paganism. Another thing about paganism is, you know, when you take God out, everything becomes God. You, you take God out, everything becomes deified. So sex becomes God. So money becomes God. Uh -huh. So substance becomes God. And everybody gets driven. And you know, here's another thing. I don't, you know, the 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 name I said of the possessor is Baal or Baal. You know, that means possessor. Yes. But the Bible says there are actually many Baal. They serve the Baals. Yes, the Baals. So because Baal appeared in many forms. So the thing is, what happened to America? You know, the promise was, hey, you're going to be free, liberation. You know, big, you know, you're going to be free from all this old. Well, what happened is when that happens, when a culture turns away from God, there comes many bells or many belim. And what happens is we have many masters now. And that is people are being mastered by pornography, mm -hmm. mastered by by drugs, substances, mastered by by work, mastered by money, because these things become your gods. They become your masters. We are more driven now than ever. You know, you know, one of the big promises of the 60s was, hey, women, you're going to be liberated. Well, you know, when they when they did studies every decade of how fulfilled women are, every decade it's gone down from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's gone down. We are mm. less fulfilled, less happy, less, less, less free, less everything, because that's what happens when you turn away from God. It is what happens when you turn away from God and it opens up the door for the enemy to just come in and destroy the cornerstone and the foundations of what God builds a nation up on. But interestingly enough, I'm going to something I saw this morning and I made a note of it. But yes. with the rise of the animal men of all times for the movie Avatar yes. to come back, it would be now half man. <laughs> Half animal, you know what I mean? Glorifying it on the big screen, um, you know, gl glorifying this worshiping of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Water creatures, the whole deal. You are that is you are totally right, and and that is really something that's significant because here's the biggest movie. You know, Avatar is the biggest movie ever as yeah. far as you know, and so this is the sequel. Well, you, there's a lot of things here. Number one. It is pagan because when yes. you look at, you know, when you look at Avatar, first, first of all, let me even go more than that. Avatar, the word Avatar comes from Hinduism. I mean, it's Sanskrit that the God has an avatar. You become an avatar of the God. The God becomes an avatar. He comes into the world or comes into in this different form. That's the one. Secondly, you know, it is a pagan thing. It's saying, well, the noble savage, you know, the, the unchristian, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Pocahontas, you know, in reverse, you know, reverse. It's a kind of, but it, you take it to the, to the galaxy, you know, uh -huh. so therefore these people, and, and listen, I have nothing against these people. They don't even exist, but these people, <laughs> these people are really signs. It's part of a sign because it's kind of saying like, well, the, you know, the old, the old Western culture of 
you know, Christianity and colonialism, yeah. all this, you know, woke thing. It's like, well, well, the the savage, the noble savage, they were the, they're the real noble ones. The the uh, the Westerners, they were the they were the, they're the evil ones. That's what Avatar, you know. So the thing is that they have that, and all these people are pagan. They're kind of worshiping this tree. I mean, I think that's pretty pagan. Worshiping yeah. a tree and worshiping kind of a mother goddess. And you said worshiping Earth. It's it's not Earth, but it's it stands for Earth. Right. One uh -huh. of the things, and that's exact. One of the signs. What happened? When we started turning away from God in the 60s, something else came up, and that is earth worship, the earth day, the worship of nature. You know, listen, in the Bible, we are to take care of nature, but we don't worship nature. We're not That's of right. we, we are that. So, but when you get to paganism, as I said, the line between man and animal goes, as you said, and the yes. line between nature and man goes. So, so the in other words, so there's no it's pantheism. Everything is God. When you look at Avatar. Everything is God there. You know, everything's enchanted. Everything's God. Well, yeah, you know, this is this is uh, uh, actually, as you said, this is actually a symptom of a pagan thing. You would not have Avatar year in the 1950s. I mean, not just because no. of technology, but because of the story. You would not have it. And so it's very interesting. It's actually filled with that. And the other thing is, you know, one of the things about paganism, this is going to be another way that paganism comes back in a way we, we didn't even realize that is that that you know in paganism the idol represents the god it's an image of the god but it also is the god they worship the idol they don't just use it as a reminder so listen to this you know in paganism the the line between image and reality is blurred the yeah. image becomes the reality the reality becomes an image or let me put it another way the virtual becomes reality the reality becomes virtual uh -huh. so what are, what's happening now we're, get, we're being brought into this virtual world, virtual computer world yep, where the uh -huh. virtual takes over reality and reality becomes virtual. Avatar is another prime example of it. So this is the mystery behind the computer that your book speaks of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is this. And it's amazing because we're talking about like high tech stuff and we're uh -huh. and all these things and actually are explained by the Bible and by paganism, because in the pagan world, you know, well, actually, the Bible says when you turn away from God, you worship the work. You end up worshiping the works of your hands. You made it and you're worshiping it. You know, and so when Paul stood on Mars Hill and he talks about that, he talks about the idols. He uses the word techne. We get the word technology from it. So here's the, the message of the mystery. When we turn away from God, we end up worshiping our own technology. Not that it's not that technology is bad, but when you don't have God, you'll worship the works of your hand. You'll worship your technology. And the Bible says that you will become like it. You become like the idol you worship. So when people are all glued to the to their computers, the computers start becoming more human-like and people yes. become more computer-like. They're like becoming less human. They're not relating to each other. So that's exactly what happens. And it's all there. You know, interestingly enough, it's like, do you know, do you know the year the computer like really took off in this country? Because I'm curious whether it's in close proximity to some of these other things that are that happen. Well, well, well yeah, the, I mean, the, the earliest computers mm -hmm. are prototypes by the military, yes. but it really 
it starts to becoming personal computers is like Apple, which is interesting. Yeah. Apple, it was, someone was saying uh, uh, it, it has a, a bite mark in it on top of it. That Apple, <laughs> that Apple logo has one bite mark in it, if we notice, and that's not by mistake. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so <laughs> Apple's either, I would say, late 70s, early 80s. So this is where it's right okay. in the middle of this fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's not the technology that's wrong. It's what without God, they become your gods. They do. Now, I know it. I think I know what this object is. But a few years ago, a strange object appeared in New York City. And what did it have to do with all of this and the return of the gods in this nation? Yeah, well, I think last time we spoke about the one sign of Baal, which in the yes. ancient times was the bull, uh -huh. was the massive bronze molten bull, yes. which has already appeared uh -huh. in, in America, in New York City, near the Harbingers, you know, if you go there. Um, but the other one was, and I witnessed this, you know, the other uh -huh. one is they erected actually an object that was connected to the actual temple of Baal. It was the Arch of Baal. It was erected, not on the side, it was erected on City Hall. And, and they had a ceremony around it. I was there, we recorded uh, it. There's a ceremony around it. We had the, you had the, the leaders of New York City proclaiming how great this was. You had a, you had a band uh, playing Middle Eastern music like you would enter the, the Temple of Baal. And as they did it, everybody's applauding. They un they unfolded. There's actually a sign that said Temple of Bell there, there in New York City. And so, but this is a but what is that a sign? Bell is a sign of a is the is the spirit that takes a nation away from God. A once godly nation or a once Christian nation now yeah. becomes uh, goes under this spirit. It departs from God, forgets it ever knew God, changes all its laws, overturns the ways of God becomes pagan without even realizing it and also does everything else that's going to lead to remember like Baal is like that first spirit then he brings in the next and that's what and that's exactly what happened to America he brings in his wife he brings in his wife exactly now is that this is connected then to the golden calf civilization yeah well the interesting thing is that when you look at the bible and you look at the first apostasy of Israel. The very first wasn't late. It was right after Sinai. I mean, it was right yes, at Sinai. Was. The very uh -huh. first national apostasy, which is a, really a template for us. What happens? Moses, and I've never talked about this on any interview. Moses <laughs> goes up the mountain, right? And uh -huh. he's getting the law back down at the beginning, the bottom of the mountain. They say, oh, he's not coming back. Let's worship the, let's worship the gods. So they make a golden calf. The people, it says, rise up. It's music, sensuality, overload of all this stuff. Moses on the mountain sees that. Now, think about this. Look at our civilization. Messiah ascended. He went up like Moses did. He went uh -huh. up. And so now our civilization is saying, okay, we're not going to wait for his coming anymore. Used to be waiting for his coming. So let's go after something else. So now we've become a golden calf civilization. That means, number one, we are we are pagan, being paganized. Number two, we are worshiping the works of our hands, where we're, everything becomes God. We have a sensory overload of music, of sound, of, you know, just like they did on that day with the golden calf. It's like an yeah. overload of digital, all this data overload that, that drowns out God. Meanwhile, you know, the law on the mountain, we're, we're turning away from the law. We're turning away from the Ten Commandments. We've literally struck it down. We're, you, you know what? I'll, you know that on the... On the the Supreme Court building is at and the Supreme Court has been used in this apostasy. You know they made many decisions on top of that. While they were turning away from God, mm -hmm. you have an image of Moses there, Moses with the tablets 
from that day when he looked down and saw the apostasy, it's right there on the Supreme Court. It's like yeah. he's looking looking at America and uh. saying, and even in the and I was there, even in the House of Representatives, you know, when you go to if you go to Congress, you know, there's a lot of faces, but there's only one central face, and that is Moses. He's staring down when the president gives his speech, you know, his State of the Union. Moses is looking down on him. <laughs> Moses, the same way Moses gazed down on the day of the golden calf, he's looking down on America that has turned away. I and mean, it's amazing. You know what's so interesting to me is that while Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting the law, who is the one that helped the Jews commit this blasphemous act and build this golden calf and worship it? But it was. Aaron, who That's was supposed to be the priest and the shepherd leading them in the righteousness of God. And it's it's the same thing because he what feared the people. And how many do we have today in the church that because they fear the people, they begin to turn away from the things of God to pacify the people? Yeah, well, you know, you're, it, it, it hits close to home because you're talking about my family. That's I my know. great, 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 great grandfather. But he really messed up. Sorry. <laughs> he really messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Listen, he, he, he deserved it. He did it. And when Moses, <laughs> this is another thing. When Moses said, said, what happened? He says, well, the people, they threw in this metal and out came this calf. <laughs> you know, I can see Moses saying, okay, I'm putting that in the Bible, Aaron. Well, the thing is, yes. And, you know, you could take that. Look at look at the priests of the, our culture. You have all these denominations that have apostatized total. Yeah. You have all the main old kind of school mainline original denominations. And most of them, I'm not speaking about every church and within them, no, no, but no, no. most of them have apostatized. It's just like Aaron exactly on the day of the golden calf. And here's another thing. It's not just that. It's even affecting evangelism, the evangelical world, too. It, oh, yes. There are signs much. of that as well. You know, I was just, I'm not going to name names, but um, but there was, you know, one of the most famous Christian singers ever, you know, just I think this last week said she's hosting a gay marriage. I mean, you know, what is what is the apostasy of this? When you look at the polls of young evangelicals, most of them are for gay marriage. So it's not just the culture. It's the watchman that if a watchman doesn't watch the city, then the, then the city's destroyed. And if the people of God, you know, it says you're the light of the world, you're the you're the salt of the earth. Well, light yes. lights up the dark, and salt keeps the, the 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 world from decaying. Well, if America is so become darkened and decaying and rotten, well, it's got to have something to do with the church as well. Very good point. I it's just I I watch some of this sometimes, and I just I go, Lord have mercy. Like honestly, I do. Just seeing some of uh, what's happened, uh, you know. Um, you know, to parts of the church and what's going on there. But um, you you talk about this. I know we're going to get to the enchantress in a moment because she's a big part of this yes. as well. So you have this connection between the possessor Baal and the parable of spirits, and it leads into the enchantress. Yes. Well, remember again in that in that parable yes. of the Lord, he says the spirit goes, sees the house is empty. Says, then goes back, gets some more, gets the friend. Well, who's yeah. the first friend? Quote of Baal. Well, Baal in the in the Canaanite mythology, That's he right. had a wife or a or a consort, and her name was Ashtorah. She's yeah. in the Bible. God speaks, yeah. and you and you often see you often see Baal and Ashtorah. Sometimes it says Baal and Asherah, another fe female. Some people think that's a version of her, but it's it's Ashtorah, 
And when you when you look at the other cultures, she's there. This is one of the most ancient, darkest, primal deities, spirits. She's in Babylon, they would call her Ishtar. Yes. In in Greece, they called her Aphrodite, but it's the mm-hmm. same one. Yep. And the same one. And so who is she? The wife of Baal. She is the spirit of sexual immorality, sexualization. Mm-hmm. And so wherever she was, she sexualized the culture. When you go to pa- much of pagan culture is sexualized, you know, which is not part of Judeo-Christian culture until now in its apostasy. But it used to be, you know, so th- so she took sex out of what is it? She's a prostitute. They called her the, the harlot. What does a prostitute do? Take sex out of marriage, puts it into the marketplace, puts it yes. into the culture. This mm-hmm. one, Ashtora or Ishtar or the Enchantress, she took sex out of the home, put it yeah. in the culture, put it in her temples. Literally, in a, they called them the, the sacred prostitutes. You know what? One of the one of the ancient historians said her her in her temple. There's like a thousand prostitutes, sacred prostitutes. That was part of pagan culture. Well, the thing is this: if she comes now, if you have Baal first, then you're going to have this one. Then what do we expect to begin in the 1960s? First Baal, the turning. And the, then you would expect something to come to happen, a transforming of sexuality. And what happens to America and the West? You have the sexual revolution at the same moment. And when that, what is that? In a nutshell, it's turning over all the Judeo-Christian values concerning sexuality and marriage. And it's replacing them with pagan values. It's not progressive; yes. it's regressive. And so, and so, so not only does she do that, it's she sexualizes the culture. You know, one can ask, where did all the sex come from? Was it imported from another planet? Where it came, it was stolen from the marriage bed. That's Amen. one. And at the That's so right. at the same time, everything's being sexualized. The marriages are being weakened are being destroyed. And so that's what she does. That's what a prostitute does, weakens marriage. So we have this marriage is broken up, divorce, all that at the same moment, no accident. And I, I might've told you last time that, but but you know, in the ancient world, they had hymns to her calling her the great prostitute. In Greek, mm-hmm. when you say that, you say they called her the porne. The word porn comes from this goddess. She's the prostitute goddess. In fact, she's the inventor of pornography. The very first pornography is her writings, the writings about her. In fact, it means pornography means the writings of the prostitute. And not only that, but the pictures, she had images in clay of pornographic that, well, now we've got it on the internet. And, uh, and one, you know, we say it's an erotic culture. You know, the word erotic comes from Eros. Eros was a god who yes. was born of this goddess. It was the goddess's son. So the son, so the goddess produces porne, pornography, and the goddess produces erotica. And so by, she's the one who seduces a nation or a culture by using sexuality to seduce it and turn it from God to paganism. Now, the, now the destroyer in all of this, right? So we have the enchantress, we have now the destroyer, and they all work together. So this is why we're going one into another because yeah. they all work together. Demons like wolves like to work in packs. They like to hunt in packs. They like to take down nations in packs. So, so let's segue into now about the destroyer and how the destroyer works with. Yeah, and let me let, and let me just throw one thing because there may be yes. people also who remember this from the '60s and onward. Yes. you remember we used to, we heard sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yes, yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. Well, all of those things are linked to the goddess. She was the goddess of sex. She was the goddess of 
of music in in and intoxicating substances. She was the goddess that intoxicated. So all those things that you heard in the 60s are linked to the goddess. But not only that, she was also the goddess of the occult. And so what also happens in, in the 60s? Mm. Revival of the occult. Yeah. Witchcraft, tarot cards, fortune tellers, psychic hotlines, that's all linked to this goddess. There's no accident happens at the same time. But this all leads, as you said, to the third one. And the yes. third one is the destroyer. He's the one who causes parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. Mm. Now you think that's like, horrible. that's so horrible. How could everybody, anybody do it? We're doing it. The, the point is, yeah. you know, when you look at it, it's like clockwork. First comes the possessor, turning of America. Then comes the enchantress, sexual revolution. Then comes the destroyer, and it's the sexual revolution leads up to the destroyer, where now mm -hmm. we start killing our own children. It's the most pagan of acts. You know, this is throughout pagan culture, most pagan of acts. And remember what Jesus said, this is abortion. You know, it comes right on time, right? Like, you know, and remember what Jesus said, when they come back, they come back worse. So, yeah. you know, when Israel turned away from God, they offered up thousands of their children. When we turned away from God, we have offered up over 60 million of them. And something um, that I didn't I didn't share like the some of the details, but I put it in the Return of the Gods, and that's when I looked at child sacrifice to this god or to this god. You see the same rituals being done translated into modern times. Like for instance, for instance, um, number one, who was it? Which children were offered up more than any other child children? The poor were offered up to the gods. The poor. Who's offered up right now in abortion more yeah. than any other? The poor. That's why they have clinics in every poor area of America. Okay, number one. Also, the other thing is that why did parents offer up their children? They were told if you do this, you'll become more prosperous. You'll become financially more. Pro what are women told? You know, if you have a child, it's gonna it's gonna get in the way of your career, hurt your career, hurt your finance, hurt that, and same exact thing. Also, what did also they do, um, Amanda, is that when they offered the, the children up, they would play drums and they would drown out the sound, the music of the babies. They would drown out the sound. Well, our culture drowns out abortion, so we cannot see the horror of it. It's the same principle. Also, they would burn their children. Well, we burn them with chemicals, you know. And, yeah, and, and not only that, but, you know, that, that I put in the book, you know, they considered this the, a holy act. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, talk about demonic. Holy app. But you know, when I, I got, I had found quotes from the leading abortionists and radical feminists and what they, they, they literally say, it's in the book, they literally say abortion is a holy sacrament. It's a holy offering. It's a holy sacrifice. Of course they would say that because yeah. it's the demon speaking through them. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And you know, and you know, what was the sin that led Israel to its destruction? It was this. And so when you talk about the judgment of God, you know, how can he be, he's, he's long suffering and merciful, but how can he ignore the cries of 60 million children? He can't. I mean, you know, you, you think about if we, if in the word, it says how Abel's blood cried out. Yeah. How much more the blood of 60 million children yeah. crying out to the throne of God. Yeah. See, people don't get the get that in it, you know, the, the magnitude of that in its entirety. That yeah. that blood cries out. It's not silent. Yeah, when I was, I don't know, um, Amanda, if you knew this, when we were I was led to do the return in Washington and we had a mm -hmm. day of prayer and repentance. Yeah. And I was praying what to do. And I was led to get a a clay jar like a, and smash it in Washington. And that's that because I was led to do that. That's what Jeremiah did 
over the valley of Hinnom where they killed all their children. And it's a warning that God will not stay stay silent forever. No, no, he won't. You're right. He's merciful and long suffering. But, it, you know, if it comes to being able to stop, I mean, many of these pagan nations, when God destroyed them, I mean, you know, God's options were destroy them or let them keep doing this to children. That, that, that's the option. Sometimes yeah. people don't understand why God does what he does. Yeah. Well, if the option is laid before him, either let them keep doing this horror that God has to see and hear and watch or stop them. Guess what he's going to do? Yeah. And that is, you know, the people who, the, who, who were in Canaan beforehand, they were some of the most prominent offerers of children. And God's saying, I don't want you to have any part in that. You're going to have to take this culture and wipe it, wipe it clean. And so, and yet then at the end, they turned to those gods and look what happened. And they started offering up their own children. God knows what he's doing. And I want to say something because we were talking just before the program, Uh but it's not only the offering up of children as an abortion, but also it's the abuse of children, the trafficking Mm -hmm. of children, the sexualizing of children. What are we doing now? We're sexualizing children. The president is for it. I mean, unfortunately, is you know, you know, right now they had a gathering on the White House with drag queens. We have story time hour. What is that about? That's madness. What are you doing? But there was also something recently: the the Balenciaga, Balenciaga, about, and they have Mm -hmm. this is a fashion house, and they have pictures of of children with all these hints in the photograph of bondage, of sadomasochism. And when you look at, and, and actually on the wall, they have dragons on one of them. And, oh. then, and then on one of the one of the pictures, you know, they uh, they have a kind of roll of, of like a like a sign, like a like words, like letters to say Balenciaga, the, the name Balenciaga. Yeah. But what they Bail. did is they added an extra A to it. Why would they do that? Bail. They made Balenciaga, they made it Baal. I mean, what is going on? I mean, talk about the gods, Baal, Moloch, and they're putting this in there. Yeah, you know, and if you think about some of these fashion houses as temples, producing, right, certain things for demonic entities, because that's what they're doing. If we don't think demons have enterprises, they're, I, I think they're, they're more savvy than people think. They're more technologically advanced than people think. There's a lot we don't know about that realm as far as how advanced the demonic realm really is. But yeah. if they're houses and they're all temples, well, this is what's being produced out of those temples. It's the same thing. It's the harming of children. Yeah, they seek. Yeah, that they seek the houses, right? Because they're possessors. Yep. They they yes. seek any house to dwell in a yep. person, an organization, a nation. But also another thing about them is they're they're always after the children, always. So you know what? From probably for years they had their eyes on Disney. You know, probably for oh, years Disney. they had their eyes on Nickelodeon. Because if you get yep. those, you get the children, you get the next generation, you get the culture, and you can do what you want. So this is why we're seeing this craziness that would have been unimaginable only a few years ago. You know, 2018 is when I started blowing the whistle on Disney and what they were doing and what they were planning and what the Lord was showing me in their background and and how Alester Crowley came into this, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And, And I went into all of that in 2018. And I'll never forget. In 2021, when the Lord said to me, it's not going to be a jubilee year for Disney. Mm. He said that. And and not long after the Lord had told me that, and I remember talking about this publicly, 
it plummeted. Disney started to literally be chopped off at the knees. Now, I don't think the Lord is done with them yet. I think they still have a few more points in their crown. That's going to be honestly, <laughs> that's completely ripped off. But indoctrinating children into Luciferian orders, the enemy is very crafty at it. And what better way to do it than to make light and make it seem fun? magic, you know what I mean? And beings, you know, and spirits yeah. and, and all these other things, what better way to make it fun and cartoonize it and, and make yeah. it light and put the curtain over. So you don't see the ugliness and the hideousness behind it. Yeah. This is well, they have that Disney had a show called little demon it's supposed to be a fun little show, little yep. demon. They're introducing witchcraft. They're introducing lesbianism. They're all these things that are all linked to the gods. It's all like now. Does this have to do too with how the goddess transforms men? Is this yes. connected? Okay, how is it connected? Yeah, well, this, this, you know, and this one, the enchantress is, I mean, she's real active because, yeah. because, you know, th this in her ancient inscriptions, and I put this in the book so people can see it. It's not, it's not opinion. This is from ancient Babylon and Mesopotamia. It says she is the gods who turns, she's the goddess who turns, turns a man into a woman, a woman into a man. So she's the goddess who's going to start breaking down the distinction now between man and woman, male and female, boy and girl. She's going to confuse it, merge it. Uh, she's going to replace one with the other. Well, we've been watching this. I mean, we've been watching, it's, it's every facet of our culture. We're watching this in the role of men. We're watching in the role of, of women. Actually, what we're seeing now with the transitioning, all that, that all be that's all just the natural logical outcome of this because yeah. we it says it says in her it says in her inscription she grinds away the masculinity of men so she what she and, and this goddess really has a problem with men when you look at her mythology every yeah. lover gets destroyed she rages against her father like the patriarchy you know so you have yeah. you have the radical angry feminism you got you know coming out the same time yeah. sexual revolution but also you have the entire culture becoming almost like haters of men, haters of authority, you know, yep. fatherhood, you know, father, the father is always depicted as an idiot, you know, used to be father knows best. Now it is yep. Homer Simpson, you know, yes. um, and or toxic men are toxic. A man who acts male is toxic. A woman who acts male is, is a champion. I mean, what yeah. is that? You know, mm -hmm. and then so it's to, to demasculize de men and you see it happens to boys. You know, boys are growing up. Young men are not ready for marriage. Now they're on. They're all channeled into video games and pornography. And, you know, oh, and yeah. meanwhile, meanwhile, women, the culture says women, you know, girls, we want you to be masculine. We want you to be fierce and wild. And I mean, it's all girl power. All that. Well, basically, listen, it's the spirit of the goddess. She was female, but her she had masculine attributes, masculine nature. Yeah. And so she it says she gives weapons to women. So the, her part is to, to confuse everything. And also, by the way, when you get the man, when you attack the authority of the father, you you take the culture. Because when you get the father out, you can get the family, you get the culture, you get the authority, yeah. all that. So it's all happening. I mean, it's all happening. But it goes even deeper because she had a, a priesthood Called yes. the called the Asinu and the Kalu. These are men. Her priests were men. Walked around her temples dressed up as women. So when you that's a oh, pagan God. thing. The line. Be, you know, notice a theme here. Paganism is always always confusing the lines that God did. So therefore, now when you if you start seeing again, if she comes back, you're going to start seeing men dressed up as women, women dressed up as men, and you're going to see the culture celebrate it. This is not this is not progressive. This is pagan.
And the thing is, she's trying to do it to, to children. You know, Jesus said they're, they're worse now. Well, back then she possessed a priesthood. Now she's trying to possess an entire generation of children. And it, it's not only dressing. I mean, literally there are inscriptions they put it in the book where it says she dresses a man as a woman, dresses a woman as a man, but it says she actually turns them. So the, the actually her priest, many of them would be, she would have surgically transitioned. She transitioned them. And so now yep. we're watching this. Why are we watching it? Because that's what she did. That's this spirit, you know, and, you know, we didn't see this in the 60s so much, you know, because it was the beginning. But once she takes possession, she can unveil herself. She can now go to yeah. the deeper work. And that's what we're all dealing with. And it's not just the. this has affected the entire culture. I mean, it's affected. It's affected. You know, you know, every year, you know, it says that she had a one month that she especially possessed. What month was it? What the, was the it? Jerome, St. Jerome in Latin says it was the month of Iunium or Junium or June. So listen, Jesus the said- Summer solstice, the month of the summer solstice. solstice. Of okay. Pagan time, especially, exactly. Mm -hmm. Especially the okay. end of June, by the way, which is when Stonewall happened, which started the whole movement all at the same time. And the thing is that, you know, Jesus said, they re the, the spirit returns to the house it was at. Well, she used to possess June or the month of Thomas, used to possess that. So now she is repossessing June. That's why June has transformed. But it's all part of the ancient pride. Yeah, she's the goddess of pride. And she's the goddess of parades. Her parades had men parading as women through the city streets, women parading as men through the city streets, colors, licentiousness, and the bending okay. of gender. Well, folks, yep. they're back. But, you know, we have a short memory. They were actually part of paganism. Do you know what? Do you know what ended it? Constantine. What? Christianity actually said, okay, enough of this. Enough so of it. We're replacing it. Yeah, we're not doing this on these days anymore. We're, we're, we're celebrating the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you, now when you take away the gospel, it's a, you take away God, even the specific manifestations are coming back and we don't even realize it. Taking over the culture. Of taking over the culture, you know, in a big way. And parents are being deceived in into giving their children over. And and I'm you know, I when you encourage your child for a boy to become a girl and a girl to become a boy, you are sacrificing the purity of that child. It is child sacrifice, just in a different way. Um, and that's what you're doing as a parent. You're not helping them. You're not supporting them. You're actually giving them over to this spirit to have their way with your child. Absolutely. You know, one of the signs of paganism and the sign of possession is the mutilation of, of the body, the, yep. the, the cutting of the body, the mutilation of the body. You know, and so they are literally cutting off organs. I mean, what are you doing to children? What are you doing to this generation? Well, this is the work of the goddess. That's what she did back then, except now it's happening on a bigger scale. They, they come back even worse, seven times, eight times worse. Eight, eight times worse. Uh, something very interesting. I'll point this out before we go, we go on here. But this past June, Something very interesting happened. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and you're probably going to chuckle when I say this, but the Lord pointed this out to me. June is Pride Month. Well, in a month filled with pride, with this spirit, um, our oh fearless leader fell on his bike. In a month filled with pride, he fell. June. 
in yeah. June. Yeah. You know what? That just triggered something because. Okay, good, good. <laughs> you trigger things here. And, and that is that, that is that, you know, something I also, I don't think I've ever shared in any interview. And that okay. is that that month, June, or known as Tammuz in the Bible, which by yes. the way, is the, the name is a lover of this goddess who she destroyed. Women <laughs> so, weeping for Tammuz. Was right? it? Yeah, yeah, Tammuz. Yeah. Okay, so women weeping for Tammuz. Remember, yes, if that, it was that, yes, yes. The, okay, yeah, okay. They were listen. Think about that. You know what? In in the myth, it's you know it's weird because when when you look at the birth of the the movement that has has done all this, it, it started again in New York City with Stonewall, right? And and, and yes. I'm not going into it, but all in the book of it, all these things that happened on the night of Stonewall were all from the mythology of the goddess. We're all part of the signs of the goddess that manifested. And even Tammuz, that was a lover who she ended up killing or having killed. And then she wept for him. So now mm -hmm. when you read in the Bible in Ezekiel that the women are weeping for Tammuz, they're possessed by her spirit. You know, mm -hmm. that, that that she took over the culture in summertime. And actually, it was St. Jerome, when he's commenting on that in Ezekiel, that he reveals it was the month of June. Now, the thing is that, now here's another thing about that. The mm -hmm. month, this is what I've never said. In the month of June, by the way, mm -hmm. according to Jewish tradition, Tammuz, Tammuz, is the month when Israel fell away from God and worshipped the golden calf. It was that wow. it's apostasy. It's the month of a nation's apostasy from God. So look at what happens in June or in America and around the world. Okay. And then it was also, you know, it, it was, um, this was, here's something else. Remember the day, well, I shared, the, remember the, the, the Supreme Court has struck down marriage, has struck down sexuality. There were yes. three major decisions uh, from 2003 to 2015 when it changed marriage. Yes. When when were they? Every single one of them was in June. Every single one of them was near the summer solstice. Every single one of them was at the end of June. Every single one of them was on the same day, June 26th, which is linked to the mystery of the goddess. Wow. And remember the day when it happened. Okay. So that night, the, the White House was lit up as a rainbow. And by the way, I didn't even share this, but one of the mysteries is that the rainbow is linked to the goddess of altered sexuality. But the people who did it, they had no idea. The people who took the rainbow now, they had no idea. It's part of the mystery. And so the thing is that every time you see the rainbow, you're seeing the mark of the goddess. Who she, She's also, by the way, the one who steals her, her from other gods. She took it from God. And now she's marking every, she's trying to mark everybody. I, I own it. So that mm -hmm. night, the White House is lit up with the sign of the goddess now. I mean, because it was that. So, and she's saying, I own it now. I got the White House. I got mm -hmm. the nation. But the thing is, that night was the 10th of Tammuz. The 10th mm -hmm. day of Tammuz. Mm -hmm. I found an ancient Babylonian inscription. I put it in the Return of the Gods. It says that on the 10th day of Tammuz, that day is ordained, is appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. That was the day that marriage was transformed for a man to love a man. And I'm going to throw oh. something else that I don't, this part I also uh -huh. have to say. The, the more the day of it, that was the night, the day, because remember in Bi the Bible, the day begins at sundown. So that night, that, that day was the ninth of Tammuz. Now, the ninth of Tammuz is the day that Israel's walls of protection were broken and judgment mm. was It was the day that the wow. walls were breached. So yes. on that day, the walls of marriage were breached. The, the walls that protect a civilization and then judgment comes. So you have it on the pagan calendar and you have it on the Bible's calendar. And none of the Supreme Court's justice had any idea.
That that's incredible. You know, I I'm thinking right now about this scripture verse. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, which is identifying the major attribute of each of these three gods. Yes. yes. Isn't that interesting? Yes. To steal. Yes. Yes. All of them. You know what? I'm going to share something with that. You, this triggered okay. another thing. You said they come to destroy. Well, well, in Hebrew, the word, remember, I started with the word Shadim, which yes. these are the spirits, you know, and then, uh -huh. well, well, the word Shadim comes from the word to destroy. That means they're the really the destroy. All of them are destroyers. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. You know, they all had altars, you know, they all had altars. You had a, you had to sacrifice something. So the thing is that, and what, what they often do, the way, one of the ways they destroy is they take away people from their purpose, take away men from the purpose of manhood, take away women from the purpose of womanhood, take away family from family, marriage from the purpose of fam, about marriage, children from the purpose of childhood, life yep. from life, and you end up destroying them. That's how you destroy people. It is. Well, that that's exactly it. Take them away from the purpose God birthed them into the earth to be and, and fool them and deceive them into thinking they have another purpose that really works counterproductively against the will of God. Or it works, against, it works against their own being. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the gods are always trying. Their end game is destruction and domination. And they're seeking that every knee will bow to them right now. And that every tongue will confess. And that we celebrate. The, you know, we're, we're getting to the point. I, I won't go into it, but we just had a major event at the White House, which was an yeah. ominous event. Not only did it enshrine what the Supreme Court did on that day. We just talked about it. But oh. it enshrined it into yeah. federal law. But also... And during that speech, on during the White House event, the president likened people who are for God's way of marriage and against, you know, the sin of homosexuality, same-sexual transgenderism. He likened them to racists and anti-Semites. He's declaring them enemies. And then, here's another thing. Uh, people may have missed it. That after it happened, you know, there were clauses in that law, that same-sex law, you know, that they enshrined. Okay. Yes. Clause saying, okay, religious people don't have to have to take part. They don't have to perform a, yeah. a same-sex marriage at church. But then a CBS news reporter asked the press the press secretary of the White House, said, but hey, if you have that clause, that religious protection, isn't that discrimination? And the this White House press secretary, who sort of said, no, 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 we need, there has to be some religious freedom. She said, this is only the beginning. She said, we have work to do. In other words, the end game is we're going to take away those protections and yeah. we're going to then seek to force churches, believers, that they must take part in this or we will punish them. That's where that goes in the end times. And this all, this all dovetails with the end times. So we are living in dramatic times. But I want to say this, you know, listen, every book I write ends with hope. And, and the, the return of the gods ends with the other God. That's the true God, the living God, Amen. the mighty God. And the That's point it. is, listen, most of the people in the Bible, they were living with this. You know, you know Moses dealt with the gods of, of Egypt and, and Elijah, the gods of Canaan, Paul, the gods of Rome, the Maccabees, this is Hanukkah time, was the, was the gods of the Greeks. You know? yep, we're, That's you know, right. we, you know, we are called to stand against the sacred cow, stand we against are. the gods, you know. So listen, you've got more power on your side, but you cannot be silent. You cannot be afraid. You cannot be intimidated. You need to be go all out for God and he will anoint you. He will appoint you. He will empower you and you will be lifted up. This is our hour. You know, a lot of believers Amen. pray, Amen. Lord, I wish I could live in biblical times. 
Congratulations. You are here. It's you arrived. You got it. You got what you wanted. You got it. But now's the time to be great. You know, when you look at the greatest people in the Bible, it's times like these, not the easy times. These are the times that produce greatness. All you have to do is stand for God all out and you'll become great in God. The light, right. you know, this is around the time of, I mean, I know this will be re-air and all that, but, but this is the time of, of the festival of lights. When we're, we're, I'm going to light up a light tonight. Well, the light yeah, that right. shines in the darkness lights up the world. So if it's getting darker, get brighter. Light up the Amen. world. Amen. Well, that's what we, we're called to be salt and light. And, you know, it's sometimes, uh, well, many times my one of my we call her my godmother, Barbara, would say to me, the sky is always darkest before dawn. Well, we have to be that light of the dawn that breaks forth, the light of God that breaks forth in this. And yes, every t uh, point in scripture where we see that it looked like it was the end and there was a great victory. You had a faithful remnant that stood with God as the majority. God is the great equalizer. He be, he, we become the majority with him. You don't always need a majority to hmm. defeat. You need a faithful remnant and minority that stands boldly in their faith in the Lord. Yeah. And these are, it happens every time. God rarely uses the majority. He almost Not always rarely. uses the minority. I mean, look, 12 people overcome the world. You know, you know, look at Moses and Israel. How many people were following God? Pretty much Moses, you know, you know, and you have this again and again, the prophets, you know, when Jesus said, listen, if you're persecuted, you know, rejoice and leap for joy, you know, because for great is your reward. And so they did the prophets and the spirit of glory rests upon you. This is, you want to be great. You want to live a great life. You got the times you got, you got what you need, but you need to stand. And if there's anything in your life you need to deal with, deal with it. Do you do what you have to do? Get free of it. And then, and then rise and shine for God. That's what it's about. But, you know, every, you know, look, look it's these times that, that took a, made a, an old shepherd guy, turned him into Moses. You know, you know, it's took, true. took this wandering guy, made him into Elijah. Took this, the the, the, the youngest of, of the children, unlikely turns him into David. You know, mm -hmm. turns him into Paul. Turns, well, turns him into Esther. You know, these are the times you know, of greatness. You know, I wrote I wrote the return of God not just to reveal, you know, and that, that's part of it. You reveal because if you're fighting and you don't know you're in a fight, you're not going to win or you don't know what you're fighting. You know, so one part is the revelation, but the other part is to empower God's people because we need to know it. We need to stand strong. We This is not the time to shrink back. This is the time to no. be vocal. Let the chips fall where they may, but you go out for God and God will use you powerfully. But this is the time we have to become that people. We have to become that light. So that's why I wrote it. I'm also praying that people, not not only Christians get it, but they get it for people in their life because everybody has people in their life who are under these things. Well, they are, and they don't even realize. That's the great deception they, they that Satan and these, and these rulers of the darkness and these demonic forces don't want you to know you're actually under the influence of them. Sometimes, yes, when we get into the occult and other things and they're knowing, you know what I mean, who they're serving. But for the masses who they want to deceive, the great deception is they really don't want you to know who's deceiving you. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, that's how they, they that exactly. I mean, you know, you know, the most demonic things like the mass movements in the 20th century yeah. were, not, were not ones that said we are worshiping Satan. They said they were secular, Stalin. Hitler. They said they yep. were secular. They were the most demonic because when you don't know it, it's even worse. But we know what we know it and we know what we have. And we have, we know we are consciously serving God and he will empower, you know, 
you know, I was I was reading, you know, because of the season of Hanukkah, I was re- actually re- I was reading Maccabees, which is not scripture, but it's history about what God did. And in it, it but but Daniel prophesied of it. And, and it's a symbol of the end times, the Antichrist. And Dan, that's where Daniel says, when he's talking about the persecution and the apostasy, he says, but the people who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do great exploits. That is what God has for us. But we need Amen. to know our God. And we need to get even closer and more plugged in because that's the only way you're going to stand against what's around you is what's inside you. It's true. One of the things I pray every day uh, and I ask the Lord for in the name of Jesus Christ is that I would have the precision and accuracy to hear his voice, know his voice and as strangers, I will not follow every day. I pray that over me and Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, well, I think it's even more crucial now because we are so surrounded, you know, but the Bible gives us that very strong word greater though. Is he in us than he was in the world? We got to, but that, but we got to live like that. It doesn't matter. As you said, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. The numbers are, Oh, God loves those odds. He loves when it looks outrageous. He loves it, Uh you know, but God, see what God will do. You know, one person could change the course of a nation. Look at Elijah. One righteous person can do it. God wants you to be that one. He does want us to be that one. And, And Paul says, having done all to stand. Yes. You stand in your faith. You stand on the word. You stand with the armor of God on. And you have that faith. You activate that faith. You know, faith is a weapon that we have. The enemy hates faith. He hates when we have faith. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's very hard to lose when you have faith. You got faith. It doesn't matter what's going on around. You're you're good. And it says, be strong. It says, having done all, stand. Be strong in be strong in his, in the power of his might be strong yeah. in the lord in the power it's not about how strong you are we all listen we're all human we all deal with stuff we all know that but the one who will say yes no i will be strong in his might god yes. will give you that this is the hour this is ex- i mean it's exciting you know i don't know if i said it last time but you know when you watch a movie what's the most yeah. exciting part the last 15 minutes yeah, so and it, everything we, comes. Yeah, listen, we we are God honored us. He's putting us in the last fifteen minutes. That's exciting. You know, rise to it. Listen, you got one life. Make it count. Go make it count for God. God will honor it. Amen. God will honor it. And you know, you you being an example for those watching of doing that. You know, of putting this out there, of taking this information that is very difficult, and having the faith to put it out there to draw the blinders off of people's eyes right now, because the blinders are there. They are very deceived. They are deceiving others because these gods want others to do the work for them. They want to deceive some that are influential and have them go forth and deceive the others. Uh, and you know, that's the name of their ground game in a way. And so right now, you know, this is meant for this time, for this season, for this hour, this book to pull the blinders off of their entire end game. Yeah, that is what I that is what I believed why I yeah. was to write this, you know, for for believers to know, because, you know, so many believe, you know, you know, the, you know, the action I had is that so many believers, you know, when they, they said, whoa, if that makes sense. Well, the Bible said it, but, you know, sometimes we have to see it. It's not just general. It's specific. I mean, it's exact. It's dates. We're dealing with it, you know. But you know what? If they if the world is going back to where it was at the beginning of the age, you know, like like, you know, it's almost like it's like repaganizing, dechristianizing, it's going back to the beginning, well, then it's time that we have to go back to the beginning. And the beginning for us is the book of Acts. God wants the book of Acts at the end like he had it at the beginning. 
And, then, and so I look at that. And they weren't perfect. You know, they were Peters and, you know, all that. But God powerfully used them because they were all out. And that's the way we have to be. God wants the book of Acts at the end. You know, he says, you know, he says, you know, evil will increase. But it says, and then it says, the Lord says, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh at the same time. So listen, it's going to be, it's not, it's the grays are disappearing. The dark gets darker. The lights get brighter. The grays disappear. And if the darkness is removing the grays from the dark to give it totally dark, it's time for us to get, the, remove the grays to become totally bright. Totally. That's shy. right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Uh, Baruch Hashem. Is there anything else you want to cover before well, we go? I, well, there's so much, you know, but I, and I oh, love right. it. I mean, if you have time and you'd like to go a little while longer, we can well, if you want I to go. I would like it. to go a little uh, longer, except okay. I have I have to, my, my children are in a recital. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So I'm the one here. Okay. There it starts. So I, gotta, I have to get to them. But okay. listen, I want to say something. Um, yeah, listen, it is always an absolute joy to be with you. You know, the first time was then, and, and you know, I met the bird. I met the whole <laughs> new world for me. You know, but but it's a wonderful thing because you're 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 on fire for the Lord, and it's just you're it's we just real for the Lord. It's a joy to be on with you. Um, and I know, and, and we'll circle back. You know, I, I know. We will. Oh yes, yeah. part three. We'll bring you back on for a part three, and we'll finish <laughs> up the mysteries here. It, and, and it's not listen. It's not stopping everybody. As yeah. you were saying that in the news, I mean, it, you know, just last week, major stuff happening in this culture. It's not stopping. Be strong. If I could, I'll just tell them where they can get it. Where they can get yes. the the truth yes, of God. Right God. This is it. You've seen it, but oh. this is what it looks like. Uh, it's everywhere. Where you, wherever there are books, it's there. Online, offline, Amazon. But I pray that you get it not just for yourself. Get it for people in your life. You know, uh, right. give them a, a holiday gift that could actually do something. You know? Amen. And there the she is, right at the end. There's Grace flew right up at the oh end. Oh my goodness. That, that's the sign. That's the sign. Of, it it, the Lord, I believe it's the Lord's blessing. <laughs> I do too. I, the, uh, this bird, I'm telling you, the, the Lord does the most amazing things at the base, most amazing times with her when she oh flies goodness. up. So, yep. what, mm -hmm. what timing? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you so God much. Bless you guys. Yes, God bless you guys. We'll see you again. God bless you. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Okay. And that concludes our incredible interview with Jonathan Kahn. We are going to bring him back on for a part three because people need to know this and they need to know the demons they are being deceived by. Uh, ancient demons that have just reconfigured and, and repurposed and put a new cover on the book, but the contents are still the same. And there's Grace. Here's Grace. And so we are going to have him back on for part three because there were things we didn't even get to because oh, yeah. we were delving so deep. Mm. So praise the Lord. We, he's a busy man. We very much uh, are appreciative of his time and that he comes on. Grace is appreciative. She came up at the end to say goodbye. Uh, and so basically, I just wanted to, as usual, like right at the end, we, but I wanted to announce first. Hold on. We're going to do this first. Chris doesn't even know this yet. So, so oh, you're going to get to see Chris's reaction live. You're going to get to see Chris's reaction live because I don't think he saw uh, part one with, with the ladies from Jexit. But, and they are firecrackers. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. So let me put this up. We have been invited to be on the Charisma Podcast family lineup with Charisma Media. We are going on their podcast lineup. It actually launched. It's called Prophetic Perspective with Amanda Grace. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, 
um, at Charisma Magazine. Um, And also Charisma Player, you can search Prophetic Perspective with Amanda Grace uh, and and you can listen. So praise the Lord that that door, the Lord opened that door. And so we're walking through it. We praise the Lord for that. Also, I will read to you because there is a slew of platforms we have gone up on recently. So, you know, you can take, you can kind of write this down at will, but All of this is Ark of Grace Ministries, unless I specify otherwise. So Frank Speech, Telegram, Truth Social, Cloud Hub, Liftable TV as liftable.tv forward slash Ark of Grace, Variety on Ark of Grace Ministries, BitChute, Parlor, Getter, ClickView, Substack, Gab, Instagram. I mean, we've gone up on so many platforms And so basically you can go there to watch as well. You can like and subscribe. We are on Rumble as well. So you can like and subscribe there. We are still up on YouTube um, as well. And you can like and subscribe there as well. So we just wanted to tell you, yes, Charisma Magazine, Charisma Media, I believe has Charisma Magazine. And we are on their podcast lineup now. So we praise the Lord for that. Um, that was something the Lord opened the door for. So we really didn't even seek that out. Uh, they invited us to be on the platform. And so we, we are very grateful for that. We, we yeah. thank Mr. Steve Strang as well, yes. um, thank for being, you, you know, for being so helpful with this. So God bless you, Mr. Yeah. Steve and your lovely wife. Uh, also, if you want us to, uh, help purchase that book for your return of the gods, uh, you can go to hello at arc of grace dash ministries.com. Um, we're going to need your full name, your full address, including apartment number, if there is one. Um, you can also submit your prayer request at prayers at arcofgrace-ministries.com as well. So we wanted you to know that as well. And also, so we're going to do this at the end here. Hold on. Okay. If you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARC, you can save up to 66% off of all MyPillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. Um, They have amazing dog beds, which we have used here at the sanctuary. They have robes, slippers. Um, They have amazing pillows too, but they are just so much more. And so if you want to be a blessing uh, to Mr. Lindell as well, you can go there uh, and you can can, uh, take a look. Also... This is one of our newest. If you go to QEPain.com forward slash ARC, this is QE Strong. It is an alternative to big pharma. It is based on quantum physics. They have patches with over 40 scripture verses written into these patches. They have ones for blood sugar. They have ones for your dog. If your dog has pain, we put them on Toby. They have it for pain, neuropathy, blood sugar, Keto, immunity boost. They have a host of them. So you could go to qepain.com forward slash arc and learn more. You could also go to arcofgrace-ministries.com and click on shop and you will see um, everything there as well. Um, And you can go to their website. This is Rick Renee and his brother from Blessed to Teach. Um, And they are very, they are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma and what the pharmaceutical industry has done um, to the people of America in this world. So that, so you can go there and learn more. Yes. Um, Tell the people what happened. Toby, Toby. we've used this some on Toby. Yeah. One, one step. 
And it has helped Toby, actually. Wow. It is one of the things we use on Toby, and it actually helps Toby. Toby was paralyzed uh, at one point at the age of four. They still don't know what happened, honestly. Uh, the, everything swelled around his spinal cord and paralyzed him and made him incontinent. The doctors told me he would never walk again. In fact, five minutes prior to the doctor calling to tell me this, the Lord said to me, Toby is going to walk again yeah. because he knew the doctor was about to tell me to tell me this and he did not want my faith to falter. So when the doctor called me, you know what I did? I canceled those words in Jesus' name and I said to Chris, Toby is going to walk again. He will walk. And guess what happened two he months did. later? He was running around our yard. The Lord miraculously um, touched Toby. They had put Toby on some uh, some pregnisone. They didn't think it was going to do any good. Uh, and the Lord really worked and expedited things. And yeah. Toby is still walking. Yeah. So praise God, he's still walking. He walks a little funny and he fights some incontinence. But these patches, you could either put them on their fur or they actually come with a with a little metal uh, circle that you can put the patch on and attach it to their dog collar so you can do that as well um, what happened when i talked to him and he got the um the cap the the patch yeah he, what was he doing he was running oh yeah <laughs> i mean i talked toby all the time in here, here, the area is New York and is cold now. Yes. And he's really not really seeing, um, he's got some problems. Yes. Talking. Uh -huh. and, but I tried one pack. Oh, you did it. I did. I yeah. tried the pain patches and yeah. I gave them I, to I, my uh, VP of operations also, Ronnie, and she said they worked as well. She was yeah. quite shocked, actually, but she said they worked so, and they worked when I used them. When I'm talking, talking him is... Uh, is uh, yeah, he struggles sometimes, Toby. I did the bab and pulled out and I plucked him out and wow, he's boom. Kick, 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 kick. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Good, good, good. So, yes, you could go to qepain.com forward slash arc to learn more. And that concludes our second broadcast for the day. We hope you got something out of both of them. In fact, Jonathan Kahn segued in from Jexit to talk about the deeper things and to talk about what's going on in some of these communities and how these, these false gods are deceiving and deceiving people and bringing this filth in. So it seemed that one kind of segued into another today. So we hope you enjoyed it. We praise almighty God. We give him all the glory, honor, and praise. Keep the faith. We love you. Armor up according to Ephesians 6. Arm yourself with this right now. Arm yourself with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And stay faithful. Stay faithful to the Lord in this. Keep the faith. Stand your ground. And uh, we'll be back on hopefully towards the end 
of the week. I could um, to say, oh, would you like to close in prayer? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Chris is going to close in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hasua, Holy Spirit. Shem, he got about there. I first up to and the people here coming and foxing this show and seeing what your Holy Spirit is doing. He first up you too, Lord. I pay blessings to all the people now, and your Holy Spirit will reign to the people here in Jesus Asua. Holy Spirit name. Amen. 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 That was wonderful. Okay. That's always good to close in prayer as well. So God bless everyone. Go in his, yes. go in his shalom. Go in the power, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God bless everyone. Have a wonderful evening.